Welcome, everybody, to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. Going to be a little bit of a different episode, but in my opinion, one of the best ones yet. As we bring on my little brother, Max, Maximus Scott. And what a conversation. I mean, this is just this kid. I'll tell you what, we always talk about success in a relative term. And the way that we kind of define it is reaching your potential. Success isn't necessarily the level that you get to or the result at the end of the day. The success that is true and pure is the one where somebody can just get the best out of their God-given abilities and talents. And for my little brother, Max, you know, he's somebody that was diagnosed with a genetic disorder called Fragile X, which we get into on the podcast, uh, which, which, you know, he's not able to do some of the things that we're able to do, picks up on things a little bit later. Um, intellectually and, and socially, he has some disabilities and some issues that he has to deal with. But my goodness, when you talk about reaching your potential, if you define that as success, and you guys will see it and hear, not see it, which is a podcast, but you guys will hear it on this podcast. I mean, just such an awesome, awesome kid. Our entire family, us, anybody who knows him is so, so happy for him. He just, when, when he's on, there's nobody that can light up a room like him. And for all of the tough crap that he has to go through, um, what he has persevered through is nothing short of amazing. And honestly, for every parent that's watching this, or watching, again, listening to this, for every parent that's listening to this, if you're in the car by yourself, stop. Stop it. Wait till you're in the car with your kid or wait till the next time you're around your kid and listen to this podcast episode because we get into some we get into some topics that I think are really relevant for kids growing up today. Max is a kid that has a disability and he was bullied growing up. Max is a kid that's had to persevere through some tough stuff as he was growing up. But again, we talk about success as a relevant term. His ceiling from a hockey standpoint was playing JV hockey for our local high school. But you know what? not many kids were given what God gave him and were able to do that. So it's just a, such an inspiring story, such an amazing kid, him and my twin, his twin brother, uh, Jake as well. Uh, just awesome, awesome people, Jeff, as you know, being cousins with them. So very excited to have him on the podcast here to share his story, to share his wisdom about life, about hockey and everything in between. Uh, but before we do get over to Max, I just gushed about him because he's my little brother and I love him. But let's get on to another guy that I love, the man, Jeff Lavecchio. Vex, what's going on today? How much, brother? I'm uh, kind of speechless right now. Like that was one of my favorite episodes we've done and that's I say that a lot but like literally like that's like top three for sure no doubt about it if not my favorite I can't even believe from when I lived with you guys in high school until right now you know I'm I I just I'm blown away at how articulate Max was at obviously and how passionate he's about coaching he always is texting me with questions and stuff like that and I love it and we're always talking and every time I see him, we're talking about coaching and hockey, but like, I mean, for him to be able to articulate the things that he went through his backstory, being bullied, his therapy, what fragile X is and how it's affected him. And what he said was amazing. He said, I, how I overcame it. I mean, that was, that was extremely powerful. It's very cool. And I, you know, I, I lived with you guys when I was a sophomore in high school, so he wasn't in high school yet. Um, but then coming back a few years later and hearing that that him and Jake were getting bullied in the locker room, I remember just wanting to just murder the world. Like I couldn't oh believe that, that somebody would want to pick on such an innocent being in it, both him and Jacob. And uh, I remember that really hurting me and, and, and making me think about my own actions and how I could be more empathetic. And, and like we talk about on this episode, like sometimes in the locker room, you might be joking around, you might be doing this, you might be doing that. And you don't really think about how your actions are affecting your teammate, your friend, or even, you know, just somebody who's just in there. Um, but that hearing those stories from that time definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, and, uh, but to hear how he came out of it and where he's at today, un, 
effing believable. Like that was so cool, man. Uh, I don't know if everybody will understand how cool what just happened was, but that was very cool for me. That was the best thing that's happened to me this week by far, hands down. Number one. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. And I, uh, Oh man, it's just like the, the bullying aspect of it is so when that stuff was going on, so Max is seven years younger than me and I obviously took a, a year after high school before I went to Cornell. And so the bullying stuff was happening when I was at, at school. And I distinctly remember a memory that I have where I came home for Christmas at Christmas time and um, I'm in my room and just kind of hanging out. And, and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and I open the door and, and Max comes in, it's just tears in his eyes. And, and I'm like, buddy, what's, what's wrong? Like what's going on? And I, I had kind of known that there was some bullying stuff going on. <sighs> um, and, and he just goes, Tove, what's wrong with me? I don't know what's wrong with me. Why, why are people treating me like this? And what do you say? Yeah. You know, it's, you, you try to tell them you love them and you try to tell them that. All the good that he brings and. All the kids that are listening, your words matter. You don't know what other people are going through. You don't know people's backgrounds. And um, it can have severe effects on people. Severe effects on people. And so I encourage all the parents, whoever's listening to this, parents, kids, coaches, whatever it may be. It's, um, it's a topic I think that needs to be talked about. And, and just creating a, a positive, inclusive environment where people want to be there and people treat each other the way that you want to be treated. And um, it just goes so far, especially for people that are different, especially for people who weren't blessed with the kinds of gifts that other people were given. And I just, I, I think that's something that everybody needs to be mindful of. Totally, man. Totally. And I don't want people to take it the wrong way and saying we're, we're trying to be soft because neither one of us are, are, I mean, we're both emotional people, obviously. <laughs> I got flowers what? tattooed all over <laughs> me and you're crying right now. But, uh, but, but it's not being soft. It's creating a positive environment for, for growth, for people to grow. And that's what you want. And there's times when you do, you are hard. It doesn't mean you don't hold those people responsible doesn't mean you hold the, the, I don't want to say the less, the less gifted people. You don't hold, it doesn't mean you don't hold them to the same standard, but it's just creating that positive environment where your team is a team. It's there to help everyone. Everyone is ELE. Everybody love everybody. Everybody's there to help everybody <laughs> on the team. When you go out against that other team during the game, you battle your ass off. You're out there for blood, not literally, but you're out there, you know, but after the game, it is just a game. You know, we're using this as a metaphor to teach kids tons of skills, and you'll hear it on this podcast. Max, who's living with Fragile X Syndrome, he learned so much from the game of hockey, despite some of the really, really crappy years that he went through in the locker room, which, again, unfortunately, we didn't know about because I probably would have killed some kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but, but coaches just know what's going on in the locker room, doesn't mean you're not you're not having them compete against each other but it's just create the right atmosphere where even if it's battling it's one-on-one somebody's going to win somebody's going to lose but afterwards it's building them up teaching them why competition is good how it's good how you know the guy with the more skilled the more gifted a person teaching him how to bring up his teammate who's left get less gifted or has disabilities or whatever, teaching that gifted person how to bring up the less gifted to his level, not create more of a gap. Because you're always going to be better than that person, you know, with your super gifted, all these things, and you have to work hard. So how teaching them to bring the other guys up or other girls up around them is such an important life skill for humans, athletes, business, whatever. 
And I just think that that should be focused on big time. And that's what I mean. I think by what you mean by inclusion doesn't mean just everybody gets to play all the time. Like that's not what it means, you know, go about it the right way and just create a positive culture where everyone's trying to help everyone. Yeah, no, it's, I couldn't have said it better myself. It's just, that's, that's what being a part of a team is all about. It's about respect. It's about treating people the way you want to be treated. And, and when you are, when you feel safe in an environment that you go to on a consistent basis, especially for kids with special needs, especially with kids with disabilities, that, that goes so far. And, and just knowing that there's people that are going to treat you right and, and, and go the opposite way. Imagine going to a rink and I'm sure there's kids and people listening to this right now that have been on teams or have gone, have had to go to rinks and environments where they felt scared to go because of the way that they were going to get treated. And that's no way to go through life. That's no way to go through your childhood, especially when you should be building yourself up and making friends and, and learning all these positive attributes that are going to help yourself through life. Um, so, yeah. And, and uh, like I said, with, with all of the stuff that, that my family and my brother and all this kind of like that we've had to go through with, with this, it is so cool to have my brother on this podcast and just absolutely knock it out of the freaking park and talk about teaching and talk about coaching because we talk about some of the tough stuff, but we also talk some hockey and it's really cool to hear him talk so passionately about, about coaching. And if you walk into the rink that he coaches at, he coaches like three or four different teams as an assistant kind of milling around. He's always at the rink and stuff. And if you talk to parents and stuff and the kids that, are a part of those teams, they literally light up when you ask them how Max is doing and how much their kid loves having Max around. And it's, uh, those are the kinds of people, man. I mean, those are the kinds of people you want to surround yourself with. And those are the kinds of people that you want your kids surrounded with. And I'm just so happy for him. So happy to be able to share his message on our podcast with, with the big platform that we've built. And, uh, it's just, this was a lot of fun. And, uh, I got my first cry. I think this might've been my first cry. I think on, (laughs) <laughs> on the podcast maybe i don't know um we're scott so we tend to do that quite a bit but um this was really really cool yeah dude um that was awesome that's all i can say yeah this, for this, sure this was, a, this was an important one for me yeah so um before we do get over to maximus let's uh just a couple house cleaning things hockey think tank virtual back to hockey conference that we announced last week. So limited spots available. There's been quite a few people that have signed up for it already. It's Wednesday, August 19th. We didn't want to do a whole day kind of thing. We just wanted to do something short and succinct where kids, especially that are coming can take something that they've learned from one of our six speakers and, and use that in their years for next year. So Jeff's going to be talking about uh, how elite athletes become elite. I'm going to talk about the college recruiting process. We have Matt Calderoni talking about mental toughness and, and resiliency. Alyssa Gallardi talking about girls versus boys hockey. We have Brian Kane, who's going to talk about hockey habits, an NHL skills coach that works with some of the best players in the world right now. And then we also have Pearl Nuremberg, who is a performance nutritionist, who Jeff, I know you're going to love hearing from her. Uh, such a big part of the game, uh, nutrition and so she's going to talk about four keys to just establishing great habits and, and performance nutrition. So just a lot of really good things that you can take, go to the hockey slash conferences, and you can, uh, you can register today and that's going to be a lot of fun. Again, just a three hours, six speakers, 20 to 25 minutes presentation with five to 10 minutes of questions. So we're going to go bang, bang, bang right through them. So it's not going to be like one of those conferences where you're going to sit and listen to somebody for an hour and a half talk, which uh, with all of our attention spans, uh, that, that wouldn't be a very good thing. So uh, again, head over to the hockey think tank.com slash conferences to register limited spots are available because this is through zoom and we only have a select amount. So uh, with that, we also want to thank our title sponsor in gel sticks, Thank you for all you do to support our podcast. Go to gelsticks, G-E-L-S-T-X.com. Enter the promo code THINKTANK to get a discount off of your uh, training weighted stick aids. Thank you to Train Heroic for doing all your stuff with Jeff's training. That is the app that Jeff use, uses to get all of his workouts out. You got four different phases out, plus what is it, a hot mom's workout that you have as well. So... Uh, <laughs> 
download train heroic and look for Jeff Lavecchio and, and his workouts. Those are awesome. And finally, thank you to all the listeners. We really think that this is going to be a special episode for you guys. Uh, it certainly was for us. And uh, we really, really appreciate my little brother for coming on and sharing his story and sharing his wisdom. So without further ado, the host of the new hockey podcast, the Max Hockey Pod, Max Scott Hockey Podcast. Here we go with Max Scott. We are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast, all the way in my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. It's my little brother, Maximus Scott. Max, what's going on today, buddy? Uh, not much. Tolkien and Jeff just uh, came back from the boat. Uh, we're sitting out there for a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, wanted to do it from the boat, from my parents' boat, but then I had to come back home and rush. But I'm excited to uh, be here with you guys and, and learn a lot from, from you guys. And Jeff's got his shirt off, and I don't have mine off. So, <laughs> so, uh, you just flashed us, though. <laughs> I did? No. Yeah, anyway. Vex, Vex, so, uh, because you were late. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, so Max actually went outside to the boat to do this and it was like, I couldn't even hear him. It was so windy and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, dude, how far is the boat from the house? So luckily it's only like five minutes. So we went back home. Now we can hear him much better. Tough life, tough life, that boating life, Maximus. I know, I know, I know. God, (laughs) want to get a tan, Jeff, you know? Gotta look hot. I get it. It's part of my my life, Max, believe me. I I know, I know. I know. Uh, Topher thought Topher, Topher was hot until he met his wife. His wife thought, you know. Just wow. Ouch. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, man. I'm going to change the subject here on you. We're going to turn this around, buddy. Well, you listen to the podcast all the time, so you know how uh, we like to do it at the beginning. We like to take it way back and, and figure out with all of our guests how they fell in love with the great game of hockey and obviously had a a lot of older cousins and myself and dad and, and everybody that played or coached or refed and all that kind of stuff. But like, what were some of your first memories in terms of the game and, and how did you fall in love with the sport? Uh, well, the Hawks weren't very good. So uh, I didn't fall in love with the sport because of the Hawks. Uh, really, really fell in love with hockey because of my family members, uh, you, Jeff, Topher, my dad, all you guys. Um, well, I actually was, it was you guys and, you know, it was, it was my father as well because my dad played at a high level of hockey. Uh, you know, he didn't start playing until he was 11. So then I was like, you know what? Like, just put me on skates and, uh, and I'll start playing some hockey. And, uh, you know, what? I, I, did, I did like hockey as a kid. I liked it, but I didn't really love it like you guys did. You know, I didn't have, like, the passion to drive like, like some of the other kids did, um, you know, and when, when coaches explained drills to me, I, um, I really had a hard time understanding drills. Um, and there were a lot of, you know, kids and, and, and coaches that, um, that I felt playing hockey that really didn't understand who I was as a person and as an athlete. Because there were, um, you know, I had, I, I mean, my father was obviously a good coach to me playing hockey, but, but, you know, some, some of the, you know, some of the other kids, you know, just, you know, like they, they just wanted to take like, I think a little bit of advantage of me because I probably, they probably thought, you know, I wasn't as smart as they were. I wasn't as good as they were. So, so they just kind of always easy looked down on me and thought, you know, I was a target, like if you're shooting a bow and arrow, like, Target, 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 perfect, target, perfect, target. That makes any sense. Well, let let me, let me ask you this, buddy, because I mean, it's something that we've talked about before and and it's something that happens in in a lot of youth locker rooms, unfortunately. And it's, it's a big problem in not just hockey, but in schools and in youth sports and stuff. and, And that's bullying. And, you know, as you were growing up, I know the, like one of the hardest things for me being away when I did go out to school was I know you were getting bullied and I know that was really hard for you and it was really hard to be away. So um, we do have a lot of kids that listen to this. If you can just explain a little bit of that experience that you had and just any advice that you might have for some kids that 
are going through tough times when people are picking on them, whether it's in a locker room with a team or whether it's at school or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, my advice is, is always go to people that you trust. Um, you know, go to your coach if you trust them or if, if, you, if the coach doesn't trust you and he doesn't want to listen, uh, go to your parents, um, you know, go to, just go to anybody you trust because then it makes it um, more, more calming for you to have a conversation with them because they'll understand um, kind of what it is, what you're going through and they'll understand what, kind of what the situation is. And um, so I just, I just use the word trust all the time and don't be afraid to ask for help. I look, I've gone to therapy since I was 12 years old. So I've kind of learned, um, you know, don't be, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, if you want help, go get help. So, um, you know, you know, I, uh, any advice to any kids, it, it's really go to people that you trust. I mean, you know, if you have a best friend that, you know, that you can trust, go talk to your best friend, you know, just somebody you can trust. I mean, that's what, that's my advice to, to any kid out there. Just go to who you can trust, man, who can really help you and challenge you and uh, just make you a better person. Um, so absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's awesome advice, dude. So good. So good. And uh, I think the one thing with bullying, right. Is like people always want to make fun of people who are different. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. different than them, whether it's, they look different, whether it's, they act yeah. different and, and nobody really knows what other people are going through. And for yeah. you, you had mentioned a little bit earlier, it was, you know, it was tough for you to grasp certain drills that the coaches were, yeah. were drawing up. And I'm sure there were some social situations going on in the locker room and things like that, oh, that sure. were just kind of hard for you to pick up. And, and we didn't realize until a little bit later in your life, what it was. And that was a genetic disorder called yeah. fragile X. And so it's something that you've done a lot of research on. It's something that you uh, lived through. So if you can, just tell our listeners a little bit about what Fragile X is and, and how it affects you in your everyday life. Uh, it's a genetic condition that causes uh, intellectual disability. Um, you know, I was delayed in speech as a kid. So, I, so that's what the... Um, uh, fragile X syndrome did for me is um, I was slow in speech. Uh, I was delayed. Um, and, um, you know, kids didn't um, understand that I had uh, fragile X syndrome. No, I mean, besides my family members that no, nobody really outside my family um, really could understand what fragile X, what fragile X syndrome was. So kids, yes, they, you know, they, they looked at me, differently than all other kids. Like I was in a class with only 10 kids and the other kids would just take fun me for it. Just like, well, you know, you're in a class with 10 kids. Ha ha ha. I'm in a class with 20 kids. So it makes me better than you. Well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter about the size of the classroom. It, you know, kids get put in different spots on teams and in school, you, you get put in different classrooms. It's okay. You know, I mean, kids just, you know, they, they need to, be in a space where they're comfortable learning and not just feel like uh, kids are always looking down on them all the time. Um, I read a stat the other day that kids with disabilities, whether they have fragile X syndrome, Down syndrome, um, are four times more likely to experience violence than kids with no disabilities. Wow. That's, that's crazy, Maximus. Well, let me ask you this, man. How how did you get so positive? I mean, you've always been a happy, positive kid ever since I was around you. When I lived with you guys, we played shinny hockey every single night, but like you're, you're articulating this so extremely well. And I know some of the struggles that you went through with bullying after I left living with you. I really wish I would have known about that while I was living with you because I would have done something. Um, but how, how were you able to be so positive after kind of some of those tough times you went through? Uh, the thing that I say, Jeff, is, um, you know, how I overcame um, my fragile X syndrome was uh, I was happy and successful. Um, you know, bullies tend to be threatened by people that are very talented, people that are good at what they do. And they were kind of threatened by me because I, I had fragile X syndrome and, you know, I did have some talent in hockey and, you know, there were some kids that were just threatened by it. And that's just, 
that's just how they were. You know, it's um, there's nothing I could do about it. Um, but uh, you know, I was very grateful and thankful. I went to um, the Aerosmith program, which is a cognitive intensive brain training program based on neuroscience, which is uh, neuroplasticity, and that means that um, there was a, a study done on the brain by a by a girl named Barbara Aerosmith, who's the uh, CEO of the company, and she found um, that the brain can change. And if you can do brain exercises, it can change your brain, and you can develop skills that you ha maybe haven't developed before. So that's uh, that's why I was so grateful because the skills that I have now in life, time management, uh, being a good teammate, being a good coach. Um, at Vancouver really, uh, the Aerosmith program really, really helped me. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, it, it's changed me ever since. And, uh, so I was just thankful I did that. Yeah. I think one of the things that the Aerosmith program did for you is I think it gave you some confidence that maybe you lacked as you were kind of leaving high school and, uh, you know, and experience some of the bullying that, that happened there. And, uh, would, would that be a pretty good assessment? I just feel like you felt better about yourself. Maybe things were, maybe you were understanding things a little bit better with some of the exercises you were doing. I think you just had a lot more confidence in max. And, uh, is that a good assessment and how important is confidence to you? Uh, well, confidence is, uh, is important for anybody, right? Um, you know, if you if you don't have the confidence in yourself, um, you know, no matter what you do in life, you know, if you're a lawyer, you're a hockey coach, um, you know, you're it's going to be tough for you in, in life because uh, you don't have any confidence. So confidence, um, just kind of really, uh, you kind of center yourself, relax, uh, reset, and reload, um, and just you know, you, you you think in the present moment, right? You use your mindfulness and. Uh, so I mean that's kind of uh, that's that's what I try and do in in uh, when I coach kids, right? I mean, you know, if if there's something that they're not doing right, I gotta try and figure out how to help them, and you know, I just say, hey, you know, what can I do to help you? But you know, help me, help you, make me understand what you're going through. And uh, so you know, I always I always tell my kids, be confident, man, be confident. You guys, you guys got to be willing to be able to put in the work, you know, put in the drive. And so, you know, confidence is to me everything. Unreal, man. I love that. And uh, let me let me ask you this, because like, you know, you, you were a hockey player for sure. And I don't want to say you lost a little bit of that love and the passion for hockey as a player, but maybe you did because you didn't play for a while. But then all of a sudden, like it was like this incredible wave of just love for the game came back to you when you were able to start coaching. And it's kind of similar a little bit, right, Vex, to, to our conversation last week with Patrick O'Sullivan, where he took a little bit of time away from the game. And now he just, as a coach, he's just gotten back to it and he, he loves it again. So, you know, what was it coming back now as a coach? Is it that mentoring aspect of it where you're having a positive impact on kids? Has that been the reason for your renewed love for the game or is it the game itself like what is it because now I mean I can't get you off the freaking ice you're on the ice with so many teams helping out and all that kind of stuff so uh, like what is it about coaching that you really love to do uh you know I I care about the kids I'm always invested in their overall growth and development on and off the ice you know I believe that their ice time is earned or taken away because of their effort and discipline um, and I'm a developer, which means I'm a mentor to the kids on and off the ice. You know, that's, you know, it, that's all part of coaching, right? You, you lead the kid to water and then the kids got to decide who wants to drink it or not. Um, You're killing this, Max. You're killing this, dude. <laughs> like, you are killing this. Keep going. Sorry. Ten, ten, ten years pays off, Jeff. Ten years pays Unreal, off. Okay? Almost ten years. Uh, well, two, two of the uh, most favorite kids that I've ever had the pleasure of coaching in Chicago – um, uh, first kid I want to mention, um, is a kid named Parker Whitman. Um, this kid, he's so happy when he comes to the rink, he's himself. Uh, he's good in the locker room. I, co I coach this kid when he was a second year peewee. And, um, you know, he just, when he's on the ice, he, he listens, he learns, he wants to get better. And he's just one of those kids. He'll go with a six, five guy. And he won't care. You know, he'll take a hit. He'll do whatever he has to do. He'll block shots. He'll get in lanes, you know, passing lanes, you know, I mean, whatever the coach asked him, you know, whatever my dad asked this kid to do, he did. 
you know, and he was, I believe, one of the captains on uh, my Pee Wee team when I coached him, which, I mean, he deserved it because he's, he's a leader. You know, he knows how to be a leader um, and he knows how to be a follower too. You know, at times when other kids just weren't playing well, he'd pat them on the back and go, I believe in you, man, you know, just keep working, keep working, keep working. And so, um, you know, he's, he's number one in, in my list. I think any, any college coach, uh, you know, that uh, is looking for a player that, you know, is a really good, hard, good physical player that understands the game. Um, you know, I mean, I'd write this kid's name down for sure in Parker Whitman. Um, and then another second kid I actually want to talk about, um, he's a smaller guy. He's about like, you know, almost, I think almost 12 for height. Um, hey, no. You're, 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 my, you're my height too, buddy. Yeah, you I know. The same genetics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a kid named Landon Marini. And why, why do I say Landon Marini? Well, here's why. Because um, he's the kind of kid that when he comes to the rink, um, he just wants to just, you know, he's a skilled guy, Landon. Landon's a very skilled guy. He's a little bit different than Parker, um, you know, but, 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 but Landon is a little bit like Parker as in Landon comes to the rink. He's happy. He wants to be with his teammates. He wants to learn. And, and Landon's kind, he's a player that will score goals. He'll set up guys. Um, and he's, 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 he's a fearless kid. Um, and I think he's a little bit like me in a way as in, uh, those two guys are, you know, again, they're hard workers. They're different. Uh, Landon's more of a skill kind of player. Um, and, and, and Parker Whitman is more of a grind type type of player. So, the, I mean, the, those kids absolutely help me um, become a better coach and a better person just from seeing from the other side, right? Of just how, when you see a kid that loves the game, it just makes your job a lot easier. Let, let me ask you this, Max, man, because it's clear that you put a lot of time and effort into getting to know your players. And I know, I know from your personality and stuff too, like even when we were growing up, you were always just an open book. There was never any hiding anything. Like you were so, so able and so apt to just kind of let it out and talk. And, and even when things were good or when things were bad, I knew I was getting a phone call from Max because something had happened, good or bad, you know, whatever it may be. Um, how much is that like building relationships with the kids that you coach? How important is that to you do it to you? And what are some things that you do to, uh, to really get to know some of the kids that you coach? Um, so what I did with my uh, Peewee house team was I went to uh, about almost every single parent and I just asked them about their kid, you know, like, what do you think of your kid in school? What do you think of your kid, you know, at the rink when your kid's playing? Uh, you know, so, you know, what do his teachers think of him, right? You know, when you sit down and you have a conversation with your teachers about your kids, you know, what, what are your teacher, what do, what do your son or daughter's uh, teachers think of, of your son or daughter when, when they have conversations with them? So that's what I did with my Pee House team. And I found it very, very helpful. I, I, I got to know my players a lot, lot better. And I just, you know, when they had a problem, um, I just always went back to conversations I had with their parents about them and like, oh, okay, well, you know, uh, Landon's not having a good day. Okay, well, you know, his, you know, mom says personality is, you know, introvert, extrovert, whatever it is. Um, I just always go back again to conversations I have with their parents about, about their kids. And it was, it was very helpful for me. And I was very happy that I did that. It's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, what, so you love coaching. What's your favorite, what's your favorite part about coaching? Like, why do you love it so much? Uh, what's your favorite thing there? Let's, let's go more from like a hockey standpoint. What's your favorite thing to teach from a hockey standpoint? What do you like talking about with the kids? Yeah. So, so I just, you know, what I want to teach them is, is um, basically you've got to um, understand the game, but you got to be a student of the game, right? You, I always tell them, be a student of the game, learn, you know, just watch. If, if there's other kids that are doing the drill right, be like them, do it right, you know, and don't watch the kids that are doing it wrong. You know, when the coach blows the whistle, you sit down on one knee and, you know, you, you, you pay attention, 
Like we're, we're trying to teach you to stop and go transition, um, skate forward, skate backwards. Um, you know, so that's one of the things I like teaching my kids, um, is just be a student of the game. Just ask questions. If you don't understand the drill, don't have me explain a drill. And then five seconds later say, Max, what, what, What's the drill again? I, I didn't understand it. And then I just, in my head, go, well, why didn't you ask me five minutes ago? You know, I, I was explaining the drill. Like, why didn't you ask me five minutes ago? So that's that's something I, I always like teaching kids is be a student of the game, man. Very cool. Very cool. Let me, so I got another question for you here. And uh, I, I want to know how, like, you obviously love hockey. You you yourself are a student of the game and you're always watching stuff and you're always talking to us and we have our, our hockey talks and things like that. And, um, but what has hockey done for you? You know, we all are looking for something bigger than ourselves. We're all looking for something that we're, you know, we have a lot of fun with that we're passionate about. Like, what is it about the sport of hockey and what has it done for you as a person that's allowed you to flourish and be the, awesome cool dude that you are um so it's uh, helped me deal with uh tough co-workers and uh, it's helped me deal with tough bosses uh that's what it's helped me um into uh the real world right you know with students i graduated from college um and going into the working world i i i um understood how to communicate better with my co-workers and my bosses um and just you know learn from everybody um, you know, when I was working for um, a company called Airmark, which is a food service company that works in hospitals and businesses and schools, and they do catering. And, and uh, what I did was I was a general utility worker, which means that I clean dishes and floors and coolers. That was my job. And I just, you know, when, uh, when somebody needed help, you know, I just say, you know, hey, I'll help you. Or if we were running low on, example, if you're running low on green beans or mashed potatoes, I'd have to communicate that. And I was helping at, uh, you know, a, a grill station or something like that and serving food to the customers. And uh, w w whenever I saw um, bad customers, I would kind of um, sometimes in my head just go, you know, I, I really want to kill this person right now. But I kind of self-centered myself and was like, okay, just serve the food to them and you'll say thank you. And, you know, so, you know, again, just like communication is what I learned most uh, when I work for, for Airmark is, is that communication. Did you learn about hard work and dedication and being yeah. responsible and yeah. all those things? And now are you passing yeah. that on to your players too? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely. For sure. Yeah. Um, there's no question about it, Jeff. I, uh, uh, the things that I, I learned, uh, you know, in hockey and now in, in school and work, uh, I definitely teach that to my kids as well. Be responsible, be respectful. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. do you, do you talk to your players about bullying specifically since that's something that you dealt with when you were younger? Uh, sometimes, sometimes I do. Um, you know, I just basically tell them it, it's not going to be tolerated. Um, it, it, you know, if you have a problem, you know, come talk to the coaches, you know, again, I go back to trust, go to people that you trust, you know, go to your coaches or, you know, or, or if you don't trust, you don't feel like you trust your coaches, you know, go to your parents and say, Hey, this, this is a problem. You know, you know, what do you think I should do? So, you know, just, you know, again, just be responsible, um, you know, again, my dad always said, if you're not respectful to any of the kids in the locker room and you're having, if you can't handle it, then, it, you know, he's like, I'll just throw you out of the locker room because you, you can't handle it. So you're just, you're bullying other kids and it's not fair to them. It's not fair to us, the coaches, the parents and the organization. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, man, it's just such a, um the one thing that I wonder about bullying too sometimes is like sarcasm in a locker room, Jeff, you know, like are, are, are there times where like the kids who are bullying don't understand the effect that they're having on the kids that they're 
like not trying to make fun of, but making fun of because they're using sarcasm. I think, especially at the younger ages, I think sarcasm is something that kids are still trying to figure out and still trying to learn. And when you get into the older locker rooms and junior hockey, college hockey, pro hockey, things like that, I mean, it still could be an issue where people don't get it, but I think they get it a little bit more. And sarcasm, especially in the younger locker rooms, that's something that, I don't know, Max, Jeff, like, what do you guys think? Do you think there's times where bullies obviously there's times where people are being targeted, but do you think there also could be times where the kids don't realize that they're doing bullying and really hurting somebody's feelings when in, in actuality, they, they actually are. Jack, want to take the rain on this one? I mean, I think that it takes a while for somebody to grow up. Sorry. I got no voice left. It's Friday. Um, (laughs) It takes, it takes a while I can't kids tell. to grow up and, and realize uh, the, the, the implications and the how far reaching their actions have. Um, maybe that's something that teachers and coaches need to do a better job with, you know, talking about those kind of things. Um, it's that empathy, know. right? It's putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and your right. words matter. Like you might think it's funny, but you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes and understand that they are perceiving what you are saying probably differently than what you are saying. And Jeff, you talk about it all the time. You talk about how it's not necessarily what you're saying. It's how the other person is taking it. That's what actually matters. And that's, that's a big thing when it comes to coaching, number one. But it's also a big thing just in your overall interactions, especially in the locker room, especially at the younger ages and stuff too. So I mean, Max, and and especially for a lot of the kids that are out there listening that are going to the rink right now, what you say, like, it it can have an effect in a different way than you think it's going to have. So it's almost like you should prescribe to the model. If you're not going to freaking say anything nice, don't say it at all. And sarcasm can do that. Deliberately targeting people can do that. Um, Trying to make fun of people can do that. And it's just, it's one of those things that can create a toxic locker room. And even though it might be funny to one or two people in the locker room, it's, it's certainly not funny to everybody. And it's certainly not funny to the, to the kid that you're poking fun at either. So so I kind of raised my head there. Um, no, actually, what I'm going to say that I'm going to add on to that, Tolkien Jeff, is, um, you know, I, I think of nature and nurture, right? Nurture the environment that the kid grows up in. Patrick O'Sullivan, nurture. He grew up in an environment where his dad beat, you know, beat him up if he didn't score a goal. If, you know, his, his dad took advantage of, of him. So, it, you know, I just look at whoever is teaching the kid outside the rink these things, um, you know, like if somebody if somebody taught the kid that bullying was okay, that it's okay to hurt other people, um, wrong message. I mean, that's the wrong message that that person is sending to that kid. So if a parent is saying, "Hey, um, you know, Johnny, go beat up Jimmy," you know, um, you know, it's all it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. If you beat this kid up, it's fine, it's fine. Well, the kid's not going to realize it when he gets older. You know, if he starts doing that at five years old, he's not going to realize that when he's 14 because it's repetition. He keeps repeating, 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 repeating. And it, 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 it just, it, it gets worse. Yeah. I mean, I personally, you know, I, I just look at the parents and just go, what are you teaching your kid? Hey, I mean, you know, what, what are you teaching your kid? You know, are you teaching your kid it's okay to hurt somebody else's feelings? You know, so that, I, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of what I do. I love it, Maximus. And something I would say to the coaches out there too, like teaching and coaching, no matter how young they are, the difference between like how to positively help a teammate get better or, or trying to influence them negatively. Something I probably didn't understand as a kid. I don't think I was very negative, but I'm sure at times I was where, you know, like, you're laughing at a teammate, even though that's not bullying, you're not making fun of them. Yeah. You're like laughing at a teammate for, for messing up a drill. Yeah. Instead, like, I'm not saying be soft, yeah. but like instead, like help them, have everyone help them. Everyone help that guy do the drill correctly, help him understand what he's doing wrong and correctly. And I had a kid on my team this year who he's a leader because he always works hard. He cares so much, but sometimes the way he would lead was like, his, his emotions would get the best of him. 
And he would just be like, come on, you know, like lashing out, like we need more out of you where most of the boys didn't really respond well to that. Whereas if he acted the way he did off the ice all the time, being a great guy, always there for his teammates, always caring, they would have seen that on the ice. And I think they would have responded much better. Um, So I think it's how you approach trying to like make your teammates better. I don't always think teammates are trying to put someone down, but they just don't understand that the way that they're doing it might not be the best way to get the most out of their teammates. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, just getting to know your players, you know, and the same thing for your teammates. Like, uh, you know, if you're a teammate, go up to their parents and say, Hey, you know, what, what's this kid's personality? You know, you know, ask the kid questions too, or get to know him as well. Um, you know, there, there's some, there's kids in hockey that, you know, they're, they're just afraid to, put themselves out there and get this themselves out of the shell and just to sit down and have a conversation for five minutes with their, with their teammates and just get to, to know them. You know, it, it, to me, it makes such a difference. I found that in coaching, you know, just getting to know my players and just talking about, by just talking to the parents. I mean, it, it, I mean, it helped me. I mean, you know, there were, there were times in, in coaching where I didn't feel like I handled it always the right way, but I turned that, um, what Michael Jordan always says, turn that negative into a positive, you know, just like, okay, you know, I, maybe, maybe I shouldn't yell. Maybe I should have done it differently. You know, go up to the guy, you know, if he scored up a drill, you know, you know, something, something like, you know, Hey Johnny, um, you know, Hey, I, I believe in your man. I, I believe you can do it. Um, I know you won't make that mistake again. Just, you know, just go out there and keep working. But, uh, I mean, if I was this team, I'd probably say something like like that. It's awesome, man. I love it. Well, the players that you coach are lucky to have you, my man. And before we let you go, we do have to ask you, I believe this is going to be the last podcast before the playoffs start uh, that's coming out. Who you got? Who are your horses? Who's going to win the West? Who's going to win the East? And who is going to be your Stanley Cup champion? Max, here uh, we go. I think uh, coming out of the West, um, Vegas. Um, I love Stasny. Um, yeah, I love Andre Fleury. I like that the way that they play. Um, in the Eastern Conference, um, I'm probably going to have to go. I went with, I was going to say Tampa, but I, I got disappointed with them last year, so Tampa's out. Uh, I want to go with the Washington Capitals. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Washington coming out of the East. So then, Washington Vegas uh, rematch from a couple of years ago then. And then uh, I got Vegas winning the cup. So, um, you know, I, I just really like those two teams. I like the way that they play. Uh, you know, I'm sick and tired of Boston. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, you know I, 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 Boston's always there every year, you know, you know, Get Vegas and Washington that they haven't been there as much as them. So I like aside, to see, aside uh, from two years ago when they were both there. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 For sure. I love it, man. Well, everybody's going to learn so much from this episode. You're an awesome, awesome hockey guy, and we're very, very excited. Before we do end this, though, we do have to plug the Max Scott podcast or the max scott hockey podcast that just dropped so max if you could tell our listeners where they can find you and what your podcast about uh, is about uh why don't you why don't you plug your show man uh so i really uh have a dream of coaching uh my own girls triple a team one day at the oldest age level and, and here's why i say that because i can relate to that boring experience so they've been through, you know, elementary school, middle school, and now they're going through high school. So they have experience in life, uh, knowing what it's like to be responsible, be a good teammate, and keep learning that um, as they as they get older too as well. But, uh, you know, I just, I, I love girls hockey because uh, they want to listen, they want to learn, they want to get better. I did it in Vancouver, um, and, and I just saw that, Girls just want to listen, learn to get better. When you blow the whistle, they take one knee. And, and um, you know, you can find uh, my podcast on uh, Podbean, uh, which is um, which is an, uh, an app you can find on your phone. 
So you just search the best. Uh, it's on Apple stuff. Podcasts too, buddy. You know, it's oh, on Apple yeah. Podcasts. Yeah. So, yeah. Podbean and Apple Podcasts. iTunes, all, Apple Podcasts, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you can yeah. find it the same places that you find our podcast. So yeah. if you want to head on over, as soon as you're done, listen to this one, find the Max Scott Hockey Podcast. And uh, you've had some pretty cool guests on so far. You've yeah. had some really good conversations. I know because I've listened to them and they're fantastic. <laughs> So uh, why don't you tell, tell our listeners a little bit about your first couple episodes that you did? Uh, they were good. But before I start adding on to that, Topher, um, you know, I, I, um, you know, the women's series that you guys do with uh, Laura Crowell, Alyssa Gag- Gaglardi, Jada Hefford, Nicole Hensley, um, is why I wanted to do my podcast is to have people, you know, like that on there and just learn from them. And I, I was grateful and thankful that you guys did that because that's something that I, I, I've always wanted to do because I want to be in their shoe, uh, well, Laura Crowell's shoes one day and learn what it's like to be in their shoes and learn what it's like to, you know, deal with parents and deal with kids and have that on my shoulders. Um, but to answer your question, Tom, I did one with uh, Mikey Brown, um, the Brownster. Um, I coach with Mikey um, at uh, the Vernon Hills Ice Dogs in Vernon Hills, Illinois. Veteran uh, NHL hockey player, tough great. guy. Yep. Uh, yep. Also, and, the uh, guy that, for people that listen to our podcast, he's the guy that uh, made our CYA AAA team in the last day one on one tryout for our uh, crazy, crazy Russian coach, as everybody likes to call him. So, great story. Yeah, unreal story. Yep. So uh, it had him, he had a couple other really good hockey guys on there as well. And Max, what you're doing for the game of hockey, man, it's, uh, it's awesome. And we so appreciate, appreciate you taking the time for coming on our podcast and keep up the great work. And we will be following along on the Max Scott hockey podcast as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me on guys. We appreciate, appreciate you guys are good mentors. Uh, learned a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, it's too bad that Mikey Brown uh, made it to the NHL and Topher didn't. So I'm really sorry, Topher. Yikes. Wow. before we go. There we go. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, yeah, just saying, just saying, you know. Topher made it to a high level, but, you know, too bad Mikey Brown, you know. Eat it, Max. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great weekend. And, uh, Max, I will see you tomorrow. Yeah,